0: You know, the human heart, the human heart longs for freedom, and there is a, a drawing in us that, that hungers for freedom. Most of us associate freedom with happiness. And it's, it's not that we long to be free, that's the problem. It's the roads that we take to find freedom. Many of us today have thought that all you needed to have was true love in your life. And you've, see, you've, you've searched and you' have sought for that one person that can make you happy, only to find yourself heartbroken by the hands of wrong lovers in your journey. Others today, you believe if you had more money, it would solve all of your problems and you would have happiness and freedom. Ironically, we watch every year as as lottery winners and those at casinos win millions of dollars and then they're bankrupt within a few short years. We watch it all the time. Yet we still pursue after money. For some of you today, maybe your pursuit of freedom has has challenged you to be career-minded. And you have believed in your own heart that if you'll just have a better position than your office or maybe escalate through the company, you'll be happier. Only to find that the office at the top of the building has the loneliest view in the company. You see, today it's not that we long to be free, it's how we go about it. Because Jesus Christ is all about your freedom. Everything about God and His Word is designed to give us true freedom. In Luke chapter 15, there's a story, a parable, that Jesus tells of a father that had two sons. As I looked at this, I thought, this is a great story of freedom. In it, we see, of course, two different sons with two different takes on life. We see one father. Go real fast, Luke 15:11, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, "Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me, so he divided them his livelihood." And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, he journeyed to a far-off country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. He spent all. There arose a severe famine in the land. And he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and said to him, "and sent him to his fields to feed the swine." Excuse me, verse sixteen. And he would gladly have filled the stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish here with hunger? Remember, this is the same guy that said, Dad, give me my inheritance. I want to go live my life. He was trying to find freedom. Verse 18, I will arise, I will go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf. I love that part of the scripture. I'm envisioning some steak right there. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it. This is one of the first barbecues known to man. Let us eat it and be merry. For this is my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now the older son was in the field. This is the guy that never left the house. And as he came and he drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called to one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed a fatted calf. But he, the elder brother, was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to him, father, father. Lo, these many years. Watch these verses close. Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Verse 30. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots... You killed the fatted calf for him. Two brothers, two complete different takes in life, two different tracks of how to pursue after freedom. Yet neither one of these guys are truly free because they both had a wrong position and perception of their role with the father. As I think about this the first brother the younger brother he looked at freedom as a license to do whatever he wanted to do. We call that of course selfishness. In today's culture we're constrained by rules and covenants and commitments. The idea of, of laws limit us. Marriage is too confining. Expectations too unreasonable. Everything about us says I want freedom. I want to make my own choices. In my own life, the way I want to do it. We even sing a song that says, I did it my way. Like the younger brother, our whole perspective of freedom is based on selfishness. Any idea today of being accountable is completely removed from us. Whether you're talking government or or, or local communities or families, the idea of accountability is simply beyond our awareness. Because everything says, I can do what I want to do, and it doesn't matter how it affects you. As you look at the culture of greed in America, the greed culture that's risen up in the last 10 years has been been at the expense of other people. Because those at the top of the food chain didn't care what happened to somebody underneath them. The prodigal son did not care what happened. He just wanted what he wanted in life. I think about this. I think about Romans chapter 1 where the Bible says that professing to be wise that men became as fools. Therefore, God gave them up. They they wanted something. They wanted power. And God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God For the lie. There's only one way to freedom in your life today. That's through the power of truth founded in Jesus Christ. Nothing else will set you free. You see, the father had everything the younger brother needed, but he still wanted his freedom. This brother could have lived there. They were wealthy, had everything he ever wanted, but he wanted control. As I think about the brother, the younger brother, I think about the track today of selfishness. Many of you in this house, you are pursuing after freedom through selfish tracks. You believe in your heart that the way to live your life is your way. Your marriage is that way. Your parenting is that way. Your careers are that way. Everything about you says, I'm going to do it my way, no matter who it affects or how they feel about it. What about the second brother, the elder brother? Oh, by the way, I believe in the house today, both brothers are here in this room. There are those of you who live every day with the idea of, I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter the price. The problem is at some point in time, the bills come due for the choices you make. You can't run up the tab in life and not have to pay the piper someday. It all comes down to paying the bill. The second brother, the elder brother, the, 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 the righteous one, his view today of freedom was through his good behavior and the rights he had earned. We call this guy self-righteous. You see, his position with his father was, listen, I've done all these things right, and you never gave me nothing. I always like it in church culture when somebody introduces himself to you on an issue based on how long they've been saved or how long they've been going to a church. I want you to process this. Do you think God, do you think God is swayed in his position on truth based on how long you've been going to a church? Some of you don't like that, do you? I don't think he cares at all. Imagine this. Go home to your wife tomorrow. Watch this. In fact, tell me how it works for you. Uh, Go home to your wife tomorrow and say, honey, I've been married to you for 37 years, and I want this now. (laughs) Introduce your expectation with with your rank and file. And and, and give me a full report on how it works for you. After of course the swelling goes down out of your eyeballs, let me know how it works for you. Imagine this, God, I've been serving you for 39 years, and this is what you owe me. You see, the elder brother, he was as difficult as the younger brother because his view on God was based on his self-righteousness. Younger brother, selfishness. Elder brother, self-righteousness. God, I have done this for you, and you've never given to me. You see, these brothers, they both had one thing in common. They both forgot to love the Father for who He was. They both loved the Father for what the Father could do for them. Boy, I tell you, I think about this. Again, I, I believe both camps are here this morning. Both of us in this room, both camps today have struggled because our view of God is based on either our view of ourself, our hunger to have our own control, Or our view of ourself and all the right things we have done. The elder brother says, I've been serving you all these years. I've done all the right things. I've never transgressed. I've never done this. I've been the perfect guy in the house. And what do I get from you? You see, if these guys had loved the brother or the father, you're saying, Marty, how do you know they didn't love the father? They didn't love the father because they didn't love what he loved. When you love the father, you love the things that he loves. If you're a younger brother and you love him, you love the fact that he already loves you and cares about you, and you're willing to give up on your selfishness so he can love you even more. If you're an elder brother today and you love the father, you know he loves younger brothers. And you're more concerned with who's at the house than what's going on inside the house. You see, the elder brother, he was fixated on the activities And forgot about the fact his younger brother had come home. All he cared about was, hey, what's the party about? And why didn't I get my party? Because I've always done the right things. Let me tell you today, God loves everybody here at an equal level. Whether you've been saved for 25 years or whether you're a staunch pagan today who doesn't even know if there is a God, God loves you and his love and his grace is available for your life this day. You can't go to God and say, But God, I've been perfect all my life. It doesn't work that way. Because it's not through our righteousness, but through the righteousness of Jesus Christ on Calvary. It's not our works, but his work on the cross that makes a difference before God Almighty. You say, Marty, there's just two tracks. Oh, I got a third one, by the way. A man called Abraham. Go to the book of Genesis 22, real fast. Genesis chapter 22. You see, the two brothers show us the track of selfishness and the track of self-righteousness. But today, my heart wants to focus on the track that we see in the life of Abraham. Genesis 22, the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. How many here today, you every year try to read the Bible through at least once a year? Put your hand up high. How many here are an expert on the book of Genesis? Genesis 22, here's some background just real quick. Abraham, it's it's one of the biggest stories of our faith. In fact, he's called the father of our faith. Abraham was a man that God called. God had a position and purpose for. Abraham was called out by God because God wanted to bless him. God promised that through Abraham, all the nations of the earth would be what? Blessed. God had told Abraham, I'm going to give you a son of promise. And through this son, through his seed, all the earth shall be blessed. Then God asked Abraham to take the very promised child he gave him and return him back to God through the form of a sacrifice upon a mountain. You say, Marty, how does this connect to freedom? Well, I'm going to tell you in just a second. Again, all of us hunger for freedom in our life today. We do not want to be held down, constrained is not our favorite topic to talk about. All of us want to know we have control. The problem is not our desire. The problem is the roads we take to get there. Because through the life of Abraham, we're going to find out the way, the way to freedom is not through selfishness. It's not through self-righteousness, but rather through sacrifice. Genesis chapter 22, watch what the Bible says here. When they arrived at the place where God had told Abraham to go, he built an altar, placed the wood in order, ready for the fire, and they tied Isaac and laid him on the altar over the wood. And Abraham took the knife and lifted it up to plunge it into his son to slay him. In that moment, the angel of God shouted to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes, Lord, he answered, lay down the knife. Don't hurt the lad in any way. The angel said, For I know that God is first in your life. God is first in your life. You have not withheld even your beloved son from me. Now think about this today. Abraham and Isaac. Isaac was Abraham's ticket to blessing. Isaac was everything. Bible days, sons were everything. But God said, take your son Isaac, your only son. Take him up on the mountain. I'm going to give you a place to go to. And you sacrifice him back to me. And Abraham goes because Abraham wants to trust God. And Abraham gets the place where he's about to slay his son. God comes along and says, Abraham, stop it. Don't do it. Stop, 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 stop. And then God says, I now know that you've put me first. You say, Marty, how does this apply to freedom? Thanks for asking. You see, when you put yourself first, you don't have freedom. You won't have freedom. Oh, for a day or two, like a credit card. You can spend for a while. Then the bill comes in. You won't have freedom by self-righteousness. The Bible talks clearly about it's not your works, but His work. It's not your righteousness, but Jesus's. You can serve God your entire life and be bound to be miserable because you don't connect with the Father, but rather all the things you do for Him. But today you find total freedom through putting God first to live what we call a sacrificial life. You see, when I think about Abraham's life today, his life for us is the track to live on when it comes to our freedoms in living. Everything about freedom, you watch the opening video talk about our nation being founded on godly principles. If you've ever been to D.C., you know that we are a Christian nation in our inception. And to ignore that is just, it's stupid, for lack of better terms. We are a God-fearing, founded country, and we have lost that in so many places. Freedom is founded in making Jesus Christ first in your life. In John chapter 8, Jesus said, You know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then he said, Whom the Son has set free is truly free. You see, the prodigal son, it all came down one day. He was broke. He tried it his way, and it didn't work. The elder brother, he was frustrated because he was doing all the right things but not getting what he wanted to get. Because his view of his father was what you can do for me based on how I do for you. That's not how God works. But Abraham... His position on God was, Father, I'll give you everything, including, including this son, my promise, all I have. You see, today for most of us, we're trying to find freedom in some area of our life, but we're doing it through selfishness or self-righteousness. God, give me back control of my life. He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. It won't work for you. Because at some point, the pig pen is the outcome of all selfishness. God, today I've done all these things for you. What are you going to do for me, God? God, I've been a Christian for 39 and a half, point two seven years, one hour and 14 seconds. How can you not answer my prayer? I've never transgressed. And then you watch somebody come to Christ, and the church celebrates a new, a new believer, and you know heaven rejoices, and you're going, oh, the life they've lived. I never did that. You know what? That's the beauty of grace. Grace just kind of covers all we've done. And when you stand before the mirror of grace, it doesn't matter what you've done. Because none of us are righteous by ourselves. What about the life of Abraham? Today, his life is freedom. If you go on to look at Abraham's life, God took him, God blessed him, God multiplied him, God used him. And because of Abraham, we have a redemption through Jesus Christ. But it all comes back to this point. When Abraham had to show God, I'm going to make you first in my life. Today I want to ask you a question in this house. Today in this house there are younger brothers. Not naturally, maybe you are. I'm a younger brother. But spiritually, you've you've done it your way. You've bucked the system. You've bucked the family. You've bucked the church. You've tried it your way all your life. You go to bed at night hungry and lonely. Desperate, destitute, empty on the inside. You live every day with a pain on the inside that says you're missing it something's missing in your life. You're like the younger brother. You got what you could and you got out of town and you've spent the rest of it. But every day a new bill comes due. The bill of the marriage, the pain of heartbreak, the brokenness of your emotions and your relationships, the emptiness in your soul because God is not a present factor in your life. You've tried it without God and today you know it just ain't working. And then we got the older brothers in the house today. The people who've done everything right. They're teetotalers. They press the shirts of life with double starch. They do all the right things. They live in guilt. They live in shame over their human nature. And then they hold God accountable if He doesn't come through on their time frame because they've served Him all these years and He isn't showing up in a timely manner for them. Let me help you today, folks. God is never late. He's never early. He's always on time because He is time. So, I mean, you may be going, God, I've been doing this. And and, where are you, God? He's there. He is what I call a God complex. He's God of everything. But yet you look at your walk with God through the lens of what I've done for you, God. And why aren't you doing for me? Don't ever live there because both the elder brother and the younger brother were both in a mess. But Abraham had it right. God, I'll give you everything. Nothing in my life is more important than you. Today, I want to ask you a question, church. I want to ask you a question, Harvest Time family. I want to ask you a question, first-time guests and visitors today. Again, some of you came today hoping to win a bike, and I hope you win. By the way, if you don't win that bike, if you can get to the four years quick and find the keys, the bikes out there are all yours to take home with you. (laughs) Don't tell them I said so, though. Just take a bike and leave. I want to ask you a question today in this house. I want you to search your heart as I ask you this morning. Is Jesus Christ first in your life? You can be in the house like the elder brother and him not be first. You can be out in the pig pen of life and him not be first. You have to always be asking the question, is there anything in my life that's more important right now than Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you this today. Everything about your life will take you away from Jesus Christ. The culture, the times, the challenges. Because we have an active adversary that wants to take and destroy your life. So here's my question today. I want you to search your heart. In fact, right now, I want you to bow your heads across the room today this morning. Bow your heads as quick as you can. I want to ask you today to search your heart. And don't come back with a religious elder brother answer that always says the right things. But search your heart on the inside and ask yourself if truly today Jesus Christ is first in your life. If he's not first, my fear is that you're either in the elder brother category or the younger brother category. You see, all of us kick off as younger brothers. Then we move to elder brothers. And the goal is to make us into Abrahams, people that will make God first above everything. And nothing today will stand between us and God. I want you to search your heart this morning. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Moment of reverence and expectation. I don't know why you came today, only God knows your heart, but you know why it doesn't matter why you came. It simply matters how you leave. And today, if all of us will leave this house committed to becoming like Abraham, it will change our life. As they sing for us, I want you to search your soul. You may want to keep your head bowed. I'm going to come back and talk to you in just a second. But I want you to search your heart today. Not for traditional answers of, oh yeah, Marty, I'm in, I'm doing good. But to really ask yourself if Jesus Christ is truly first in your life.